0: Welcome to the Life Church St. Peter's Message of the Week. We hope you're encouraged by today's message and encounter God's heart through it. To find out more about us, visit LifeChurchStPeters.com. My name is Joshua. If you didn't get that, my wonderful wife Rachel was singing today with this amazing worship team. It was really, really good. Such an honor and a privilege to be here. And this feels amazing. (laughs) Um, uh, Who was here the last time that we were here? Anyone? Awesome. Who was not? That's a good question too. Wow. (laughs) Um, So this time that we came, Rachel and I had the wonderful honor of just getting to know a lot more people in the community and in the church. It was so cool. I did a bunch of sozos. They were amazing. I won't highlight you because that is not ethical. But God was really good. He showed up. And I've just been amazed at seeing how God has been rocking up and showing off this week in particular. Can I tell you guys a couple of testimonies? Are you ready? Uh, um, So I was at the youth, which Sam Hooker leads in St. Charles, Illinois. And uh, we did some ministry. And I think four young people got saved. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to say that again, all right. So four people that did not know Jesus before came to know Jesus for the first time. God is so good. And then um, Jesus healed two of those people, a young man and a young woman of elbow pain, both of them. It was pretty random. Um, They didn't even know they were friends, and they didn't even know they struggled with the same pain in the same arm. Hilarious. They get healed, and they're like, why, how could this be? Um, and (laughs) this other man comes forward, this really big football guy, you know, huge, and he says that he's got pain in his ankles, so can I pray for him? And I'm like, you know what? These two guys over here just got healed, Um, so they've got more of an anointing to heal you through Jesus because they've just experienced it and I haven't. So come here, guys. And they come and yeah, they are saying their first prayer, other than their salvation prayer. They pray for this young man's ankles and he gets healed. Isn't God good? it's, It's just so overwhelming that Jesus will use us no matter how young we are as a Christian or how old we are as a Christian. And then I look at these two and I see them just standing up. They met Jesus for the first time. And then for the first time in their lives, they pray and God answers their prayers. God, <laughs> just absolutely wreck. So God is good. Thank you, Jesus. And it has not stopped. I think I've seen healings and signs and wonders every single day this week. And I'm just, whew. thank you, Jesus. Um, I was in a sozo with our team in St. Charles, and um, I can't remember how this all worked out. It was quite a blur. But I walk back into the sozo room, and our team members just standing there with their arms open. And I'm like, oh, yeah, cool. You know, the glory. Yes, let's get there. And she's standing there as she's finding feathers on her arms. And I'm like, I'm, I'm the first thing I do is like, okay, where are the down comfort? Where's those feathers? Like, you'd like going through all the, the cushions and the pillows and our jackets to see if anything's got some feathers in it. And there's nothing. Wow. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Sometimes God makes you wonder. Because I don't understand it, but it just reminds me of that Bible verse that we found safety and rest underneath the wings of Al Shaddai. And like Al Shaddai showed up and he healed the person's heart that came to that meeting. And it was just such a beautiful experience. So Jesus, I just thank you. Um, can we do something if you feel comfortable? I just really feel like being obedient to Jesus. And just prioritizing the Holy Spirit's presence here today. Um, If you feel comfortable with this, just open up your hands. Um, And we don't have to work for this. We don't have to strive for this. We just got to receive. Yeah. Jesus... (laughs) Jesus, you didn't die just so that we could come to church on a Sunday and pay tithes. Jesus, you died on the cross that we would be fully equipped and empowered and filled with Amen. the Holy Spirit. That's right. Holy Spirit, you are, <laughs> you are the great reward. You are the gift from the Father to us. You are God, Holy Spirit. And I just honor you in this room. I honor you in every single person's life. Holy Spirit, I pray that you just make us more aware of your presence. You're already here. You are with us right now. You never leave us. You are always talking to us. God, I pray that you just make our senses, our ability to hear you, more aware of you, God. I don't want to rush on. I don't want to, I don't want to speak today, Holy Spirit, if you take over. <laughs> I'm very happy with that. You say things better than I do, God. And I know you want to talk to your daughters and your sons. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. We are hungry for you, God. I remember once... um, my dad, he tells this story over and over again. If you're receiving from the Holy Spirit, please ignore me. Remember once my dad, he was, I don't, can't remember the exact details of the story, but he was ministering either at like his cemetery, I mean, uh, his seminary, Um <laughs> Hey now. And that's my dad's joke. Not mine. Okay, I promise. Anyway, he was ministering and he grabs his glass of water. His glass of water. And um, he, he grabs it and he's trying to take a, a sip of water. But as he, as he picks it up to take a drink of water, he gets locked. And he can't move. Because the Holy Spirit gripped him. Now he went to a pretty religious seminary. They were like, they're called duemonies, and they sound really, really exactly how the word sounds. Dry and dead. (laughs) Forgive me, father. This is my dad's story, not mine. Don't worry about it. And he, he stands and he's like gripped like the Holy Spirit just grabs him. He's supposed to be, he's supposed to be preaching on <laughs> the living water, right? Like Jesus is the living. And he's just like this, and he cannot move. Um, and all of a sudden, he just goes, "Take a drink," and he sprays it all <laughs> over. <laughs> and as the water goes spraying, all of these old, religious, well-educated ministers <laughs> go flying back in the presence of God and they just start roaring with laughter. No one could move. No one could operate because the presence of God rocked up and showed off. Yes. And I will never forget that, 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 that story that he told. Every single time he told it and every time he said it, the presence of God was so honored that He started manifesting in people's lives the same way that He did all those years ago. And it was fresh. It was new. Do you remember the days when everyone would would just laugh in church? Like, I think heaven is a pretty serious place. I think when we die one day, we're going to just sit there bored and verkrumped. And just like, oh, that's an Afrikaans word. I didn't cuss, I promise you. It means dry. Like we're just going to sit there like, oh, God is so beautiful. And all the angels are singing and it's going to be nice and we're not going to have fun. Just going to sit in church. I grew up in church. I'm tired of being in church meetings because they are always being the same. And I think that's what it's going to be like in heaven one day. I think Jesus is pretty funny. I think he likes to laugh. I think that joy is not an option. It's a commandment. We don't have a choice not to be joyful. I'm getting into my preach right now. Amen. Sure, I can go home. (laughs) I don't think joy is an option. I think joy is a commandment. And if we're not joyful, we're being disobedient. And we've got to literally make ourselves obedient, even if we don't feel it, we know we are. Does this make sense? How do you know if you are fully healed from a circumstance and a situation and from trauma and hurt? Is that when it comes up again, instead of reacting to it, we are happy and joyful? (laughs) Nothing's going to get me down. Don't worry. About a thing, yeah, yeah. And my dad was chased out of the church for singing this. Um, I love my dad. He's absolutely incredible. Um, this morning, my brother sent me a voice recording from our church in South Africa. Um, and without any musical instruments, they're in the rubbish dump, in the trash, in a building that is made out of Zinc and cardboard and boxes and wood just nailed and pieced together with this dirt and the dust busy rising up as we are dancing. He sends me this voice recording of the church, um, of the church singing. And it's just so powerful. Like, and they were singing about the faithfulness of God. <laughs> and they've got Nothing. Yet they are still worshiping God for his faithfulness. Thanking God for his, his thankfulness. Isn't that beautiful? Yeah. yeah. Want me to sing you the song? Yes, do it. They sent me two, but now it went blank. What does it um, You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, my Lord. You are worthy to be praised. You guys know the song? Let's sing together. You are Alpha and Omega. We worship you, my Lord. You are worthy to be praised. And we give you... Lord you are worthy to be praised mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Jesus <laughs> and Jesus Holy oh. Said one, "It's Jesus." Just join me, church. And Jesus, and Jesus, risen and exalted, risen and. Exalted one is Jesus. Your name is like honey on my lips. Your spirit's like water to my soul. And your word is a lamp. On to my feet. And Jesus, I love you. I love you. And Jesus, I love you. I love you. And Jesus, I love you. I love you. I love you. Let's just sing this. Jesus, I love you, I love you, I love you. And Jesus, we love you, we love you, we love you more than anything. Anything. One more time. Jesus, we love. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. And Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. And Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. More than anything. So, Jesus, we thank you that you are the love of our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you captivate this bride. Yeah. Whoo! I promise you I prepared. But I don't know what I'm doing. Okay, you I did that already, Lord. Yeah, Jesus. Ah, oh, there we go. Jesus, I just thank you for an increase of your presence. <laughs> God, we are so dry. <laughs> I know Tom's not, jab but God, we don't want to have dry humor. We want to have fun humor. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, I remember. <laughs> I remember when um, I was in my rebellion. Um, I tried. I tried to. <laughs> I tried to run away from God. I was highly unsuccessful. I I failed so bad at running away from God. Can you tell? <laughs> but I ran. <laughs> oh gosh, I ran so hard. I think I made it like four years, maybe five years. I don't know, something like that. And I thought it was the longest time ever. It's only been four. Oh God, it's so fun. And he pursued me really, really, really well. Unfortunately, I opened up the door to a lot of things. Um, But I don't like talking about the devil because it's done, it's finished. But I remember one, I remember a lot of moments in my life, but there was this, there was this one moment, there was this one, one moment where one dream I had. Thank you. half five, Jesus. There was this dream. It's very important because I just remembered it. <laughs> there was this dream I had. I woke up in the, my, my hangover state. Um, I woke up scrambling for my cigarettes to begin my day. And as I wake up, I'm remembering the dream that I had that night. And I don't remember dreams unless God talks to me. And I knew that even when I was trying to run away from God. (laughs) And I woke up and I remember this, I remember this dream. And my dream was I was sitting with my three friends and those friends were the bad friends in my life. You know, the ones that your mother prays against, those three (laughs) friends. I was sitting with them. I love them, honor them, Jesus, get them saved. And I'm sitting with the three of them and I'm sitting in this room And we're just doing our stuff, right? Whatever we did. And all of a sudden, the door of this room that had no doors, because it's a dream, and the door opened, and the Holy Spirit in person rocked up, stepped down, grabbed me gently and tenderly, but powerfully too. And He grabbed me and He picked me up gently and tenderly, But powerfully too. And he put me in the corner of the room. Gently and tenderly, yet powerfully. And he put me in there and he looked me in the eyes with those deep blue, passionately powerful, gentle and tender eyes. And he looked me deep inside my eyes and he said, Joshua, I have made you for more than this. And I stared into His eyes and as I was staring into His eyes, His love and affection towards me overwhelmed me even while I was remembering my dream. And I remember seeing through His eyes and seeing my destiny being unraveled and how God was going to use me and how He is using me. I could see it just unravel over and over and over again and that's how I woke up. Isn't that a powerful dream? Yes. Did I turn? Did I leave my rebellion? No, it took me a little bit of time. I can't remember how long yeah. it was, but it took me a while. And uh, <laughs> my title of my message tonight, well, I want to say, yeah, my title of the message today is, because it's daytime, um, is <laughs> we are made for significance. Yeah. Say that with me. Say, I, I am, made am made for significance. Significance. <laughs> you are born to be amazing. Say that over yourself. Say, I, I was born born to be amazing. amazing. (laughs) God, you know that that, that there was that mug in like the the early 90s that says, God, don't make junk. I believe they're still around, right? I wish I kept one. It could be so cool. Um, And... (laughs) That, that totally wrecked my life. If you guys want to turn with me or look up at the screens to Hebrews 12 verse 1, um, I read this version because it's my favorite version, but I read it alongside other versions just in case you guys are scared that I'm getting into hypocrisy. Um, as for us, we have, all, <laughs> we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds, So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon race with passion and determination for the path has already been marked before us. Such a loaded scripture verse, one of my favorite. But let's look at the top. As for us, say me. And the person next to me. We are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses. Do you know what a cloud of witnesses is? I've heard people say it's angels, and I've also heard people say that it's all the people that have gone before you in your faith. They are encircling us, watching us. Why? It is so weird. It is strange. And one of the best interpretations that I like of this verse is <laughs> they are watching us interceding and praying for us so that our destinies will unfold. They are partnering with heaven and with earth and they are praying that you will step into your destiny. Yeah. Yeah. You. Moses. Wow. Elijah. Elijah. They were foreshadows of what we have today. Yeah. Abraham stepped into a new covenant relationship in the old covenant. He believed and it was accredited to him as righteousness. Right. We believe and it's accredited. Thank God we don't have to follow all those rules. My Lord Jesus. They're doing the shred, that 30 day shred back in St. Saint, Saint whatever, St. Saint Charles, Illinois. Uh, And they're doing their 30-day shred. It's something on the Bible. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Anyway, they're busy doing it and they're going through Leviticus. And I'm like, thank God I said no. (laughs) I wish I was actually doing it, by the way. It was cool. Um, Read the Bible in three months or I don't know. Three months. months, You know, your son's doing it. He's inspirational. Um, (laughs) It's very... (laughs) um, They are, the great cloud of witnesses is literally watching and interceding so that you, why? Why would they be doing that? Unless you are significant. Unless you have a role to play to see kingdom invasion on earth. I love, I absolutely love the idea of, yes, I cannot wait for my bridegroom to come home. But when I walk the streets of America, I see more unsaved people than I see saved. I see more people that don't know the true gospel. And I think it says somewhere in there that he's not going to come back until everyone is aware and heard about the gospel. I think, what is it, like less than than one third of, of the world knows about Jesus, heard the name Jesus. We've got a lot of work to do before the bridegroom comes home. Uh, don't quote me bro. I like like I promise you a hundred percent I am not accuracy. Go Google it yourself. The gospel of the kingdom must be preached in all nations. Come on. It's not a, I don't 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 quote me on the on the Oh Lordy. <laughs> I'm joking. But I don't know. I really don't know. But there's Come on, bro, do it. Yes, I say yes. The whole United States. Just come on. And we'll just go, Jesus. Come on, bro. See, we need more ideas like that. Um, <laughs> it's really, really heart-wrenching. It's heart-wrenching. And I love, I'm, I'm, I'm just, this is me being totally vulnerable with you right now, church, but I love crying out, Jesus, come back. But I don't know if I can sleep at night, Personally if somebody is going to hell. my God, mercy. Mercy, Jesus. This is somebody's child. Let that one sink in. In Romans 8, verse 19, it says, The entire universe is standing on its tippy toes, yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious church. No, no, that's not what it says. That's not what it says. movement. Oh, the whole of the universe is waiting for the next movement to come. No, that is not what it says, man. Uh, the whole universe is waiting for a nation to come and save everyone. No, that's not what it says either. Man, what does it say? Oh, sons and daughters, the universe is waiting for us to realize who. I am not a slave. I am a son. In South Africa, we are ravaged with the realization and the history of a people group being put into squatter camps or informal settlements or concentration camps. No, no, that's right. Ghettos. And they got taught for, since 1947 until 1991, every single African person, African person in my country was taught that they are less than human. That the men, the only thing that they're worth is working in the garden. The woman, the only thing they are worth is working in the house, cleaning up like a slave. That's what a whole. How many generations? That I want to? I don't know. Uh, It's like that whole generation has got this mindset that they are slaves, and we are still slugging away trying to change that mindset, bit by bit. When I come and look at the church, I see the same thing happening over and over and over again. I am just a humble servant. I'm not worth anything. I am not significant enough to make a difference. That's only for those, you know, those big guys. Revival is not in a church meeting. Revival starts here, right here. I want to be revival. Wherever I go, I'm going to bring revival. Why? Because I'm a son and it just happens naturally. Because that's who my dad is, and I look like him, and he revives hearts. That's what he does. Wherever my dad goes, I've seen him heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. You were once oppressed, now you are not. (laughs) Simple. It's very easy. My voice is really loud, obviously. (laughs) Siri is listening. Did you say that's Alexa too? Amen. (laughs) We are going to have fun, I promise. Uh, (laughs) Who are we that the whole of the universe is standing and looking, saying, I cannot wait. I cannot wait for your destiny. I cannot wait for you to walk into your fullness. Who are we? Unless we are significant. Isn't that so crazy? We are, we are what all of heaven and creation is partnering with. We are, you, me the person next to you. God wants to partner with you today in a fresh way, church. He wants to partner with you. Even if you feel like your life is insignificant, I can promise you one thing. I know a man who paid the ultimate price for you. The ultimate price, the highest price of all. He paid it for you. (laughs) In Colossians um, 3, verse four, it says, and as Christ himself is seen for who he really is, who you really, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. <laughs> I'm gonna read that again because I kind of messed it up and it's a good verse. As Christ is seen himself, As Christ has seen Himself is... The more you see God, the more you become like Him. (laughs) The more you behold Him, the more you become like Him. So there's this process that starts to happen in every single one of our life. The more that we behold God, the more we become like Him. How He moves how He works, what it says in the Bible, what He's saying to you. I love the Bible. I really, really do. He talks to you through the Bible. It's very important to understand the difference. It's the Numa. It's the now word. I would love to hear this guy preach. Come on, yeah? The more you see Him, the more you behold Him, Beholding. If I want to get to know someone, how do I get to know them? Spend time with them. If I want to understand how they think, how they problem solve, what do I do? Watch them, learn from them, glean from them. Ask for their opinion on your decisions in your own life. I remember going through a stage where I was like, hey Jesus, what should I wear today? I asked him this morning and he forgot the socks. (laughs) I'm wearing them, I promise. Sin is is the symptom of the problem. If we keep on looking at people's sin, if we keep on looking at our sin in our lives, it's going to stop us from progressing to be more like Him. If we are so worried about how people are sinning, we're going to miss an opportunity to become like Him. Because sin is just the symptom of a problem that lies deeper down inside of you. Uh, in, counseling, in counseling people with huge addictions, we don't go looking for what their problem is because we know it's addiction. We go looking for what the root is. And when we find that root, sorry, when the person has a revelation of what the root was and they get rid of the roots in their lives, that sinful nature withers and dies. You don't have to work at it. You don't have to strive at it. You don't have to be like, I will get this right. And then you get it wrong. And then you're like, oh, have you ever noticed when you're trying to not do something, you think about it more? (laughs) Oh my goodness. I just don't want to think about sin. It's not mine. It's Jesus. He bought it. My sin does not belong to me. Sin is... I don't know why I put that there. But what we notice that when people sin, they become... When they don't deal with the issues inside, they become unmotivated, discouraged, hopeless, hurt, easily offended... All of these are fruits of some kind of other tree growing in our lives. And if we go around hacking at the branches, the tree is going to grow back every season. If We've got to just cut it down at the roots. What is the, the roots of the issue? And I remember, um, I'm just scanning the room. There was this person that was really battling with, this is one man that was really battling with, um, uh, they called him a sex addict. Really battled to get free. He was trying everything. He couldn't go anywhere. He got no breakthrough. He was feeling so much shame, so depressed. How am I ever going to get set free from this? Is this my life? Am I, is every single one of my relationships destined for destruction? Because I cannot break free from this. It's affecting his marriage, his children. It's just everywhere in his life. And he was feeling so bad. And he comes to us and he came to me and he was like, I don't know what to do. I totally ignored the problem on purpose. And I said, how's your relationship with your mom? He starts crying and he says, she was abusive from the age of five. There it is. Found it. You're looking for something that was never given to you. But don't worry, I know a guy. He can meet every single need. Right. And His time is inside of Him so He can go to your five-year-old state and start healing you all the way up, meeting every single one of your needs. Isn't that so good? Why are we, we the church is so in love with punishment? Because wow. we want to control people's mistakes so that we ourselves don't get hurt. It's sin. Religion is a form of witchcraft. So is manipulation and gossip, so don't do any of those, okay? (laughs) Um, There's something powerful when it comes to forgiveness. When we forgive people, something happens on the inside. That's one of the reasons why I love Sozo ministry so much. Is because we literally get to walk people through forgiveness and they think they're going to come and deal with this big problem. Meanwhile, God goes and takes them back to this this thing. And like, I didn't even, why? Okay, I forgive them. And then we go back to the big problem and it's gone. Every single time because of the power of forgiveness. Forgiveness, you don't have to feel like forgiving someone. Forgiveness has got nothing to do with the other person. It's got to do with you. So we choose to, even though I don't feel it. It's like sometimes I've got to choose to be happy. <laughs> uh, I'm going to share some cool testimonies. I remember the one day um, I was at this church in the middle of South Africa. It's in the Drakensberg Mountains. I love this church. They're really, really good friends of mine. But man, oh man, when I went there, my little mega church brain was like, oh Lord Jesus, help. Weird for my little understanding. So I go there and the Holy Spirit was so thick in that room. It was offensive. Like, God, why is your presence so thick here? The worship is bad. (laughs) The color of the walls are peach. They've got circular tablecloths with this more peach. (laughs) It was so offensive. Like, God, why would you choose to pour yourself out? Yeah, where we've got all these beautiful lights and perfect schedule and great messages that people spend months preparing, not like mine. And And I was so upset. I was really upset. I sat down at the peach table in the peach room on the, on the chair, in my, you know, and all of a sudden during worship, the Holy Spirit goes bam, hits me. I land on the floor and I cannot stop laughing. <laughs> From my gut, I'm like, help me! Ah! <laughs> I just, I was like crying out loud because I was like, you know, not hurt. Like an ad exercise of notes. <laughs> and I'm like, God! <laughs> and then. And then the worship ended and the guest speaker got up to preach. I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I was that guy. And I'm so grateful they didn't usher me out or get annoyed and tell me to stop. I was loud. I was trying to control myself and I couldn't. I was just totally incontinent, whatever. And um, I remember... I was like, Jesus, maybe the, maybe the guy that was preaching prayed. Maybe, because something shifted. And all of a sudden, just like my dream when I was a little kid, the Holy Spirit came down and picked me up while I was lying underneath the peach tablecloth. He picks me up and he just starts taking me up. And it was one of those little moments where I'm like, am I alive or am I dead? Because I can see my body and this looks weird. Is it my time? Did I laugh myself to death? <laughs> and literally just like above the ceiling, I was there. I was, I was in a heavenly realm that I did not recognize. And in front of me, it was weird, like the, the building is below me, but then the whole globe, the earth is in front of me. The whole place, everything, every nation, every tribe, and the Holy Spirit was all around me. Jesus just rocks up and He's like, hi. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. He might be doing it right now to some of you. And, and the Father God was standing behind me and I can feel His presence, that, that strong, powerful love towards me, just standing behind me. I'm like, whoa! <laughs> Look, it's <who's> there! <laughs> I'm going to die! And we were laughing and um, I think he was telling jokes, but I couldn't hear it because I was laughing too loud. And um, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit would take me into nations and I would be laughing with his sons and daughters into the next nation and imparting what he was carrying. And I was just seeing like what God had called me to do. He's like, Joshua, I've called you to the nations. I've called you to bring the good news, the happy good news to the nations. And then I'm there standing with God. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. I cannot wait for my destiny to unfold. I really cannot wait. And all of a sudden the father's heart shifts. And I can hear his heart breaking for his lost sons and daughters. And instantly the mood in my heart shifted, just like, as I started interceding and crying, responding to God's, a lovesick heart for his sons and daughters to come home. And it's powerful. It was strong. And that poor preacher was probably like, What on earth is happening? Because he went from laughing to wailing in five seconds. And a little bit later, I, I, I felt God bring me back into my, my flesh suit. And he, he comes and he looks at me in my eyes and he says, Joshua. I am giving you my heart, my heart. And there was that open heart surgery that happened on that floor in that peach building. Um, Open heart surgery. I cannot remember what the guy preached on. I know it was good, Um, but I cannot remember. And something happened inside of me. And I realized that my significance is not dependent on what I do. Man's approval, my abstinence from sin. It's not what religion I follow or how spiritual I am. My significance is not the great exploits I do for Jesus. It's not the testimonies that I see and witness. My significance isn't my job and my income. My significance is not my family. It's not my abilities, my gifts, my education, my my. My significance has got nothing to do with me. As if I can give God something that He needs. The self-sufficient God needs me to work. No. My significance is rooted in this one fact. That He loves me. If everything is stripped away and I just have Him, I am satisfied. He is my prize. He is my reward. The one day we were working on the streets um, in the red light district rescuing women, trying to rescue women in human trafficking and I think it was about two years of just going out every single week and seeing no fruit. Nothing! Nothing! The one day I got home and Rachel went to sleep and I was just overwhelmed. I was just like, God, I'm done. I don't want to do something unless people's lives are changed. I didn't give up everything so no one would get saved and healed and restored. Do you know how hard it is to watch those girls get raped every half an hour? And you do nothing, God. I don't want to do this unless you are in it. And Jesus says to me, Joshua, If you never see another miracle, if you never see another life saved, if your ministry has no fruit, but I tell you to do it, will you do it? And I said, Jesus, if you say yes, if you say go, I will go. And instantly something happened in my heart personally, where Jesus became the focus of everything I did. And it wasn't how I can work with Him or how well I can hear Him or how accurate I could hear Him. But it was that I was loved by Him. He doesn't, this is going to be controversial. Are you ready for this? God does not need our worship. He doesn't need it. God does not need your love. He does not need your affections. He does not need your devotions. He does not need your obedience. The only thing that God wants in the whole of creation is your heart. That's all He wants. He doesn't want anything else but our hearts. It's the only gift that He longs from us. He doesn't need it. He chooses it. And before we can do anything in life, is God in His God spot in our hearts? Does He have your whole heart? Every single aspect of it. Are you still busy battling with fear of man and what man thinks about you? Are you still trying to strive for a position in ministry, in job, in your job? Are you still trying to be, what's the word I'm looking for right now? Accomplished, successful. Are you still striving to be a son? My daughters, they don't have to work at being my daughters. They just are. That's who they are. That's good. Nothing can change that. They can change their name, and one day they will. My goodness, I'm praying for those men. They're going to have to keep up with them. My girls are going to change the world. <laughs> they don't have to change anything. They don't have to do anything. They don't have to work for my affections. They have it. And here I am, just a man... I make mistakes. I'm not the perfect father. And I know how to be a good dad. How much better is I dad at loving you? So church, let's put God back into his rightful place in our hearts. Let's return to our first love. Let's find our significance in how he loves us and not how we love him. Let's stop building our kingdoms and start building his kingdom reign in our hearts. Can I pray for you, church? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Holy Spirit, I just thank you for every single person in this room. Thank you, God, for their value, their belonging, their identity. And Father, right now, I pray that they'll just have a radical love encounter with you today. Right here, right now, God. God, I pray that you make us so hungry and so desperate for you. You are enough for us, Jesus. And God, whatever we are going through, whatever problems we are going through, whatever circumstances that keep on resurfacing in our lives, God, I pray right now that we'll find the the source of our need in You, Jesus. That You would satisfy us above everything else. God, I speak to loneliness and I say loneliness go in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I speak to depression and I say, depression, go in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I speak to low grade disappointment where you are disappointed in everything around you. God, I pray right now that we will be totally satisfied in you, God. God, I speak to every single person that has been striving for their identity. God, I pray right now that you'll just come (laughs) <laughs> and give your sons and your daughters a hug. Thank you, God, that we are significant, not because of who we are, but because how you love us. Amen. And I would like to just create an opportunity for everyone. If you want to respond if you want to respond to this, I've got a saying. It's one of my favorite sayings. Come find a place for your face. The floor is the door to more. If you want to respond to Jesus, if you want to break through your life. You want to go down to go up. It's an upside down kingdom. So I just want to create this opportunity. I, I don't know if there's keys or Holy Spirit keys or whatever. Um, if you want to respond to Jesus, I just want to say, come. Just respond. I, re- I remember I was at this meeting with Heidi Baker, and she doesn't, she doesn't want to pray for people because she believes and she knows that she doesn't have the answer for every person. And if she prays for them, then they're not going to have the breakthrough they need because the breakthrough comes from Jesus and experiencing Him. So she always creates the space for us to respond How hungry are you? How desperate are you for God to come and meet every single one of your needs? He responds to our hunger. Hunger is a gift. We cannot work at it. We cannot strive at it. We can't. Just the fact that we say, God, make me hungry for more of you is a gift from Him. There's nothing inside of you that would say that prayer unless God gave it to you. Hunger is the gift that God has given you, a guarantee that your hunger will be satisfied. Just like a baby, when they're crying, every single person knows that there's one thing that will satisfy that child, and that is sustenance. It's in, in, the, in our DNA, and it's wired inside of us to just know. Hunger is a gift. So, yeah. Um, I'm done preaching. If it's okay with you guys, just really want to encourage you just to respond. Let's just take a moment. I feel like the reverence of Jesus is just so thick in this room. God, we don't want to move. God, we don't want to rush away and miss a moment with you. Yeah, God. God, make us desperate for you.
1: Thank you, God, that
0: revival starts here. It starts with us. It starts with our hearts, God. God, I pray that you bring our hearts back into alignment with you, that you just revive us, Jesus. God, we are the groom, you are the bridegroom. It's your job to pursue us, Jesus. We give you permission today, Jesus, to sweep us off of our feet. Restore us back to our first love. It's you, Jesus. God, I thank you that you captivate our hearts with your name again. Jesus, that when we hear your name, something stirs inside of our chest. God, I'm so sorry for doing religion. Oh God. Oh God, I'm so sorry for finding significance in the things around me. God, I'm so sorry for, for getting my needs met by some counterfeit. And it's not by you, Jesus. God, thank you for our significance. Thank you, God. Our significance is how much you love us. Yeah, Jesus. You love us so much. God, I pray that you would make us drunk on your love, just like you did when we were younger. Yes. Just respond, church. It's about a break in this room. I can feel it. It's so tangible. We just got to contend a little bit more, just keep on responding. I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to come and baptize people afresh. You have been verkrumped, like they say in Afrikaans. You've been running dry. And like reading the Bible is a task. I just really feel like God's going to come and touch you right now. I feel like the Holy Spirit wants to come and inhabit people for the first time. Like there's a baptism that He wants to do for the first time. You've never uh, been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Today, I really feel like God wants to come and baptize you, give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that's you, just respond. Respond. I really feel like Jesus is saying, prodigal son, will you come home? Will you rededicate your life to Jesus? Stop running away. Stop looking at those things. Stop doing those things. You're not going to find it from your peers, your friends, man's approval. You're not going to find it from your job, how much you earn. You're going to find it from Him. Jesus, be the center of it all. Jesus, be the center of it all. Fresh fire, fresh fire, fresh fire. God, I thank you for a fresh fire, fresh fire, Jesus. Today, God, I pray that you pour out a fresh fire with one voice, one cry. When the spirit of unity is God, there the dynamus power manifests. God, we cry out for your promise. Holy Spirit, You said You would pour out Your Spirit in these days. You said it, God. God, I pray for a fresh baptism of fire. A fresh baptism of fire, Jesus. Yeah, God, reignite our hearts. Reignite our passions, our desires for You, Jesus. God, I pray that You wake us up early in the morning again. Don't miss your moments. Don't miss your chance. Don't miss your opportunity. I really feel like Jesus wants to restore families today. Like there was a conflict over the holidays and it's just really been hurting you. God, I speak peace. I speak peace, the shalom that destroys chaos. don't know how to respond and if you don't know what to say just pray more Holy Spirit put your hand on your heart and just say I need I want I choose more of you I feel like Jesus wants to heal somebody today with a vertigo I don't even know if I'm saying this correctly but like when you stand you just feel so dizzy and it's affecting, and this is crazy. Uh, Apparently it's gonna do with menopause. So um, I really feel like God wants to come and heal someone in that area too. I know you put your hand up and that's okay. It's you too. (laughs) But I really feel like God wants to come and do something amazing. I also see like God wants to heal somebody of hypertension. I don't know what this is. I'm not a doctor, obviously. but I really feel like God wants to come and heal hype. What is that? Like, like pressure. No, hypertension, like, like um, stress in the back. That too, amen. But like stress in the back, like uh, just you always got back pain in the middle. Does that make sense? I don't know. I really feel like God wants to do that. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And also like a, um, sometimes you're, you're worried about a heart condition because I think it's your left arm that goes numb and there's some kind of history in your family of heart attacks. I really feel like Jesus wants to come and heal you of that. Yeah. I hope that makes sense to anyone. Um, and I also really feel like Jesus wants to heal somebody of a pinched nerve and like shooting pain down your leg. I think it's your right leg. It might be both your legs. I don't know. But I really feel like Jesus wants to come and heal people today. The healing anointing is here. Yeah. I, I was, <laughs> sometimes the Holy Spirit leads me in weird little goose chases. Um, and I found out that I'm also gonna misquote this. It's not accurate. But they were going down the list of 2021, 2022 of the countries with the most depression. Um, And like they went, number five is this country. Number four is that country. Number three is this country. And then I only started remembering after the second one. (laughs) The second one is Australia with like 4% of the population struggling with depression. And they said number one in the world, 2021 to 2022, is America. With more than 20% or somewhere around there of the population struggling with depression. America is sick with depression. That means out of 10 people, two of them are suffering from depression. It's not the Spirit, it's not discernment if I say God wants to heal depression today. It's just what's happening. He wants to heal depression. He wants to heal anxiety. He wants to heal social anxiety where you are afraid to walk in a room and you get all in anxious he wants to heal you today depression is is just a name i know a guy <laughs> he's the best at doing this he did it with me i see him do it on a weekly basis him heal people from depression yeah depression, you have to bow to the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the name above every other name. Yeah, 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 yeah. I speak to the wall of your emotions and I say flow again in the name of Jesus Christ. Yeah, emotions, you've got permission to be released today. Let's get all that gunk out of your heart. Tears are so cleansing. And they say that men, about 85% of males, still, don't quote me, I'm not accuracy, a high percentage of males will never admit that they are going through depression. Yeah. I just want to release grace. Grace in this area. Yeah. If you, if you would like prayer for anything, uh, myself and the prayer team would love to pray for you. Um, do you mind me just learning it? Or do you want to learn it? You learn it. Love you guys. Thank you. Yep. I don't feel like the Holy Spirit's done, but if you need to go, you can go. Um, Jeremiah says that God told His people, He created their hearts to know him, to know him. And then he wants your whole heart. That's his desire. That's his desire. He wants your whole heart. So if you need to go, go. If you want prayer, there's some trusted people. Josh and Rachel will be praying. Feel free to come up and receive prayer and let Jesus rest in your heart and go live your significance because of Jesus living in you from this day forward. Amen. Amen. Thanks for checking out the Life Church St. Peter's message of the week. For more podcasts and additional information, visit us at lifechurchstpeters.com.